Thanks, Troy. Yeah, you got one hand clap there, buddy. Uh, you wouldn't know this name, Dr. Jack Glaze, but uh, Dr. Glaze was my, my, my major professor at New Orleans Seminary. And uh, one of the things that he did was he would visit periodic working on a degree. And you talk about intimidating to have your major professor come and show up in the service. Uh, it was quite the uh, scary event. Uh, but one thing that he talked about, he said, Tipses, is it seems that everything is focused towards the final end, that the, the, the final end and the, you nail, nail it at the end, and then you give people an opportunity to make a commitment to Christ. And he said, what would be wrong with people making, as we lead in our worship songs, there are phrases that we might sing that are true of us, phrases that may not be true, but they're a, convic a conviction of thinking this is share all this because today there are going to be so many different places for you to make a confession to say God I so want this to be true in my life and it may not be or God I I want this to be where I feel connected to you and feel like this is why God has me here every week at the end of the message as if you go into the next steps one of the things we talk about is what was God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Uh, is going to be one of those days that I think you'll want to uh, make numerous points of where God speaks to you. Let me pray that God will be open uh, to speak to each of our hearts, and then we'll jump in and allow the foundation of the earth. You knew who would be online, and you knew who would be in person, and you brought them here for such a time as this. I pray that all the things that have been prepared... And pray that, that you would keep me from saying things that don't need to be said. I pray that you jettison those things uh, from my mind and only put what is good for God in this, uh, in this cool. service. It's going to be uh, used for our prayer time, and it is an amazing verse that will probably, when I get through reading it, you may say, you know, thanks, that's all I needed this morning, uh, and uh, I'd ask that you stick around. Some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. This has been the driving force of the book of Ephesians. Because they put so many, ultimately put their hope in themselves. And in Psalm it says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. That was what was important at that time. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. This fits perfectly the beautiful but terrifying reality of free will is that we all get to choose our guide, be it God, be it our news outlet of angel's voice in our head. The invitation of God is to choose His Spirit as our guide and His people, the church, as our traveling companions, which sets up Ephesians. Uh, pray for us as we jump into Ephesians 4. Father, I pray that even though there are all kinds of options for us to put our hope in that are all horizontal, man-made, that our hope would be in you and in you alone. And Father, I pray for our country. I pray that our country, the leaders of our country, I pray that we as fellow citizens of our country, that we would put our hope in you. Last week, we finished up, we were on it. We started with this, it said, verse 
and that you may have the power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the knowledge. Now to him who is able to do much more than we ever think or imagine, and to him be the glory in the church forever and ever. Passage, because it says, God's love is for you. We talked about that. That you hang on for that he puts put in your So if I were to cause disunity from people being that our life is centered on the vertical hope of Jesus Christ and not in horizontal hope of anyone or anything else. So as Paul has spoken through the first three chapters, here was Ephesians 4 verse 1. Therefore, because of all that we've just talked about, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I know we've talked about this, but this is such a converting. You won't find a single word on how awful prison was, how heavy and hard and cold the, the, uh, the prison cells were. I can't imagine that that's the top of the, of the list of being employed, is being locked with a prisoner. Paul never responds to the horrible situation, the horrible circumstances in, our, in, in, his, in his life, but he says, of life, how we responded to this, this changing environment that's around us that is so volatile. Can you imagine, instead of griping about it, we said, what is God, what's good for God in this? Your bottom line would be, I want to be a prisoner of what is good for God in this. And he says, I want to challenge you, after he doesn't whine and complain about his situation, he says, I want to challenge you to live a life worthy of your calling. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I have been given the privilege of pointing people to God, pointing them to this Willard talked as, as in what's good. Now, hang on. Here, always, and you ought to circle that, you ought to yellow highlight it, you ought to underline it, you ought to point to it, because this is important. Always meaning always, always be humble, always be of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. He says always be humble. So there's a humility, and this means putting Christ first, others second, you third. Humility is an attitude of mind, so above all things. So it's the environment in first, others are second, and I'm third in line. And then he says, always be humble, be gentle. This refers to the actions of a person's humble demeanor. Where humility is that you treat people with gentleness. Gentleness is a vital step towards unity because it softens our sharp edges. So from us a jerk puts it this way, he said, if all of us in the church balanced our strength with humility and gentleness, so in other words, you take how you influence those around you, if, he, if we would take our strength and we would add humility and gentleness as Jesus did, then virtually all our conflicts would disappear. Wow. Just with funnel it into a lens of humility and a lens of gentleness that we treat one another, virtually all of our issues will be taken care of. He then uses this show for patience with one another. So crazy. 
but this is the lens by for other people's others with grace leaving room for growth having unrealistic thing that you do and have the same everybody and again it's speaking he's speaking to believers of Christ so he's not saying we put up with with sinful attitudes we still have a responsibility to come along that not everybody is growing at the same pace in the same way and he says and it's because of your love there are two different words he could have used in this case when he says it's because of your love he cannot use God for so long because people drive you crazy and if you don't have anybody in your life who's driving you crazy, you're the one who's driving other people crazy. And just try harder and try harder. He uses the word agape love, which means you do it through, God, through the love of God. Because what did Jesus do? He allows grace and brings grace to us. And then bond to peace. Make every effort. The word make every effort means this, to be proactive and non-reciprocating. Because if we're not careful, we live a reciprocating life. You do everything you can to, to offer peace to those around you. And you are the one who's aggressive with it, and you're proactive, and it doesn't have this reciprocation on it as well. And it says, and then binding yourself with peace. The word bind, binding yourself with peace. So, uh, Karen was talking to me about a post that she read. Posted this. What if somebody lived by Titus 3 is evil of anyone other than our culture screaming out in, antithetical to that. Ephesians 4, 4, to, uh, 4 through 6 says, and here's why we do this. called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God the Father who is over all and in all and living through all. And the recurring word then with a culture where there were numerous gods, there was just, they said you could find more gods than you could find people. When we go to India and, and you go into somebody's house and they have, have this particular area where they have all these rocks and different things and pictures of people that they bow down and worship to hoping they can find hope and peace in the Creator. One faith, one baptism, one God. He, he's, he's drawing their attention and today we can put ourselves in the same situation. We put our hope and trust in circumstances and change. We can put our fill in the blank, whatever you're looking for to find peace. But what Paul is saying, we got to live for something larger than the horizontal. We have to live for that which is vertical, which is there is one hope, one faith, one, one, one hope, and one love of God. It says the operative word, Paul says, is one. So what does Satan want to do at this point to shut down God's people? And he knows nothing will shut us down like this. Satan wants to do is to dis our call on life. Remember, our call is to express the manifold grace of God to the people around us. Disrupt us by us finding fault with all the people around us. And in particular, he wants, he's not going to have us do that on the outside. He wants to fault with generations. Birds. Don't know how they fly like this. When one starling changes direction or speed, each of the other birds in the flock respond to the change, and they do so nearly simultaneously. 
represents how New Cub needs to be. That we adjust as, as culture changes together. Now, the present that is going on, where Titus 3.2 says, to make it different one another. And that, it, it gets made or problems come, then, then we, we come to one another, one on the one and can. And, and, and I can say the leadership of our church is committed to doing everything we can to help New Cup point people to Jesus Christ. And in the process, we may mess up and we'll clean up what we mess up. And, and, and still believe in the big C church. God's call is for our church to, to point to the manifold greatness of God. And we do everything together that, that would divide us. And so when we go through Ephesians 4 again, so we're humble and we're gentle and we're careful that we, that we live to come alongside one another. Because we cannot blow this opportunity. God knew before the foundation of the earth that New Cuff family would be called together at such a time as this. And so we figure out, of God, how can I show the greatness of God wherever he has me placed, beginning at home and working its way out? We've been called to represent Christ. And I heard it put this way from Paul Tripp. So that Christ has given to the church. He's given apostles. Those are church starters. Prophet, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So he's given certain people to the church, but of course the New Cuff family to do God's work and to build up the church, to do God's work, which is to point people to Jesus Christ. In some of your translations, it, the job of the pastor is to marriage is a ministry. Your friendship, friendships, happen to be a ministry. Your parenting is a ministry. Your neighborhood and neighborhood church is to equip us to realize God has placed us exactly where he wants us so that we can point people to Jesus Christ, to the multifaceted, the variegated colors and greatness of Jesus Christ. Each another, whether you're online, whether you're here, the issue is not the location. The issue is the call to say, I want to live out my life to be a Christ-like person. So it means to grow. And how do we do that? We stay in what's good for God. Uh, I think I what you're not enough. Those There's nothing, but that is a voice from the pit of hell. And you may not feel adequate. Feel, it's in John 6. You'll remember Jesus is feeding the 5,000 and then some, not counting the kids and the women. And Jesus says, hey, let's feed them, and what do we have? So there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. But what I want you to know was the child's meal. Jesus used the uncounted to feed today. I hope and this culture that is so angry right now, we get to be the love of Christ. We get to be the breath of Christ. We get to point people to Jesus. We get to live different all ever us to live lives antithetical to the culture. And not to run from the culture, but to look and see where has God placed me and how can I live my life in such a way 
that I'm living out. And the one I'm going to use to the very last um, uh, slide, Ephesians 4.16. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The whole body, the perfect, the, the, the body of Christ, fit perfect. We we live out God's call on our lives, and we do our and each part does its own special work, and it helps the other parts grow together. And so there must be unity, not uniformity. Of love. Why is it important that the body of Christ is is whole and and healthy? Because He's called for us to take the name of Jesus to the nations. And that involves us moving together. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would unify New Cov. You would keep us unified. And that we would find our unity privilege of taking the name of Jesus to our county, to our state, to our to our world. And Father, when we get off track, I pray that we keep short accounts with one another. A, an amazing church. Father, thank you for New Cove. Thank you that we've been together through thick and thin, and we've been together for the, where the gifts in our church are being expanded and used to impact this world for Jesus, God. And we, we want to do it only through you, and because of you, because it's what's good, we realize that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That there is one body of Christ, and we belong to it. And we want to take it and prep us for this.